You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this episode is sponsored by Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth makes deliciously comfortable and high-quality sheets, pajamas, bath towels, and clothing. These would be a perfect gift for anyone you love for the upcoming holiday season, or a perfect gift for you to ask for for yourself. Because who wouldn't love a luxurious set of sheets or pajamas to get them through the winter? I have the long-sleeved bamboo pajamas in stretch knit, and they are so cute and incredibly comfortable. It's possible I put these on hours before I go to bed because they are that cozy, and sometimes I just need to be wearing them to get me through the craziness of family dinner and the wild bedtime routine. And then when I finally do get to go to bed, hallelujah, I climb into my cozy earth sheets, which are so soft and smooth that it truly feels like an escape after a long day of working and momming. I sleep so well in these high quality sheets. Cozy Earth offers a 100-night sleep test, which means you can try these sheets for 100 nights, and if you don't love them, you can send them back for a full refund. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today. That's 35% off site-wide when you use the code 3in30 at CozyEarth.com, C-O-Z-Y-E-A-R-T-H.com. Once again, that's 35% off site-wide when you use the code 3in30 at CozyEarth.com. Welcome to 3in30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, my friend. Happy Monday. Today's episode is going to be a little more informal and chatty than our typical episode. I just sometimes really feel the pull to talk with you as my mom friends, as if we were out to lunch and tell you about what's going on in my life and what's working for our family. I only wish that this could be a two-way conversation because I would love to hear the same thing about you and your family, but I hope that you will feel solidarity and connection and that you're not alone as I talk through a little bit about what's happening and what's working for the Nielsen family right now. So for the three takeaways, I'm going to share three things that are working for my family right now, and then we'll take a quick break for our sponsors, and then I'm going to share three things that I've been up to lately and just kind of give you a behind-the-scenes sneak peek at my life and my business. So let's start with what's working for the Nielsen family, and the first thing is saying sorry. I have gotten so good at saying sorry to my kids when I mess up, and I have noticed that they are getting really good at it too, and I think it's because they've seen it modeled. So take heart, if you are a mom that often makes mistakes like I do, that it's okay, and that's actually what research shows. I first heard the word repair in the context of relationships when I was introduced to the work of John Gottman, who is one of the world's foremost experts in relationships. And he talks about how important repair is to relationships. You don't have to be perfect to raise good children. You just have to show them what it looks like to repair. And a lot of times when you repair and say you're sorry, you actually feel closer to the person than you did before. 
In some ways, the mistake is a good thing because it builds connection when you go back and say sorry and talk through the lessons learned. And I just find that so helpful that we don't need or even want to be perfect in our relationships. So I'm going to give you an example of a story that happened very recently, just the other night in our house. And I'm going to tell you up front that this is not my best mom moment. And (laughs) there's a part of me that's like, maybe I shouldn't share this with the worldwide internet podcast listeners. Maybe somebody will judge me. But there's another part of me that knows that all moms make mistakes and that a large majority of you listening are going to relate to this story and not judge me, but maybe feel grateful to know that you're not alone. So the other night, Ryan and I were trying to get our kids to bed after a long day. We were both really tired, short-fused. Bedtime is often the hardest to stay patient and calm because I feel like my reserves are low. My self-discipline is low. My patience is low. We also don't have a lot of really great routines in our home, which is something that I want to work on, just having better bedtime routines so my kids know more what's expected. We have gotten into the habit of letting them stay up a little bit too late, and then we are done, and they are wired, and it's just not always the best combination. Well, the other night, they were really wired, egging each other on, laughing, not listening, and it seemed like no matter How many times Ryan and I tried and asked them to go get ready for bed and directed them, they weren't listening and they were just getting louder and louder and louder and I was getting more and more frustrated. So Sally had her back to me and she was completely ignoring me. I asked her several times to go to the bathroom and get ready with no response and finally I reached out. She was wearing a a hooded sweatshirt and I reached out and I gave the hood a tug and I knew that it wouldn't hurt her but I knew that it would startle her. And I will admit that when I did it, I was like, eh, this probably isn't the best, most compassionate mom choice. But I was just so frustrated and I wanted to snap her out of it. And so I grabbed her hood and gave it a little yank. I did not think it would hurt her and it didn't. But she was understandably surprised and maybe a little scared because I don't usually do stuff like that. And so... She went to the bathroom and got ready. And when she came back in, she said, mom, you shouldn't have done that. And at first I was defensive. And even though I knew that I shouldn't be justifying myself, I started to justify myself. And I said, well, what else was I supposed to do? You won't listen to me. And I asked you five times nicely. And she said, no, mom, you shouldn't have done that. You could have just taken me by the shoulders and turned me and walked me to the bathroom. And when she said that, I dropped my defenses. I humbled myself and I said, you know what, Sal? You are right. You are absolutely right. I should have gently and patiently moved you to the bathroom. And I'm so sorry I did that. And she immediately gave me a huge hug and we snuggled into bed and even just that would have been enough to restore our connection, to repair that quick apology. But I took it a step further by talking to her a little bit about what had happened. I said to her, I'm really proud of you for standing up for yourself. 
I'm proud of you for knowing that it wasn't okay that I tugged on you like that and not allowing me to make excuses. It's really important to me that you know that you are always allowed to speak up to the adults in your life if they do something that makes you feel uncomfortable or that crosses your boundaries, especially when it comes to your own body. If you don't feel right about something or the way that somebody treated you, it's important for you to say so and to stand up for them or to tell somebody. And I'm so proud of you that you spoke up for yourself and told me that that had made you uncomfortable. And she smiled and hugged me, and we went on and read her bedtime story, and all was well. And I will admit that I felt really proud of myself in that moment. I did not feel proud of myself for losing my temper, but I felt proud of myself for having the humility to repair and turn it into a life lesson. And I honestly felt like I'm glad that I lost my temper and that happened because it gave us an opportunity to talk about a really important life lesson because I want to raise a daughter who says that is not okay and you cannot treat me that way, even to adults or people in authority over her if they cross her boundaries. So what a cool opportunity to take my mistake and turn it into a lesson learned. So next time you make a mistake, you lose your temper, something happens with your kids, just humble yourself and say you're sorry. And if you want to take it a step further, think about the life lesson and talk to them a little bit about it. It might be you saying, you know what? The reason why I did that is because I was feeling so frustrated and upset, but it's not okay to yell or lash out at other people when you're feeling frustrated or upset. I made a mistake. What other ways could I have gotten my anger out? What other ways could I have expressed how I was feeling? And then just have a little quick discussion with them about anger management and emotion regulation. As they discuss what happened with you, they will be learning lessons that they'll be able to take into their life and learn about with their own emotional regulation and control. So that's the first thing that's working for the Nielsen's is saying, I'm sorry. The second thing that's working lately is screen time limits in our home. And I'm going to tell you about some of ours. Yours will be completely different and unique to the kids in your home and the circumstances and situations in your home. But maybe by talking through some of the things that, that are going on in our home, you might get some ideas. So I recently decided that at least for now, we are not going to have screen time on school days. And the reason why I decided that is because I got tired of the decision fatigue of them asking me if they could watch a show and me having to think about it. And sometimes I would say yes, sometimes I would say no. I felt like they didn't know what to expect because our screen time hours weren't regular. And so I just felt like it would be better for them and easier for me if we just had a set limit that we don't watch screens after school on school days. That works for me because my kids are older, they're at school all day, and then they have after school activities. When I was a stay at home mom of littles who were home with me all day every day, that wouldn't have worked for me because I needed them to take screen time at different points throughout the day to give me a break. But now that they're gone for a big portion of the day when they're home, I want to be really engaged with them and I want them to be doing family activities, they're practicing their homework, and I don't want to constantly be navigating the question of, can we have screen time? Can we have screen time? And like I mentioned, I almost feel like it's not fair to them when they don't really know what the expectation is. So that's why I made the decision that I made. But here's an interesting caveat. 
I do let them have screen time on weekdays before school, which might seem crazy to some of you listening because you might think before school would be the worst time ever. Then won't they be cranky going to school and and maybe they are cranky going to school. (laughs) But let me tell you why I allow it. Screen time is so motivating to my kids that it is one of the only things, one of the only carrots I can hold that works that gets them to get out of bed on their own and do their morning routines. And it's especially effective when they know they're not going to get it after school. So the only time that they can have screen time during the week is before school. So they get up and they get their stuff done so that they can have a half an hour or one show before they leave for school. I discovered this last year that this was a super powerful motivator for my son, Noah, who is so difficult to get out of bed in the morning and I would have to drag him out and we would be fighting and then we'd be late to school every day. And when I introduced this, I told him that he could watch YouTube before school, but at no other time because I kind of hate YouTube, but he loves it and he loves watching the shows of the people gaming. Ugh, (laughs) the worst, right? But I compromised by saying, okay, first of all, we're going to put some parental controls on YouTube. I paid for YouTube premium so that there's no ads or anything. And there's certain channels that he can watch. They're not super educational, but I know they're not inappropriate. So that's how we've kind of struck a balance with YouTube. And I said, the only time you can do it is before school. We did run into the problem then that he started getting up at like five. So we had to set the parameters that he could not get up before 630 because I don't want him sacrificing sleep for YouTube. But he could get up at 6.30. He had to leave for school at 7.30 so that he had an hour so he could get up and get ready as quickly as possible. And he had a little checklist of things he had to do. And then the remainder of the time, if he was ready, he could watch YouTube or something else. And this was so incredibly motivating for him. It went from the kid that I could not get out of bed who literally, and I'm not exaggerating, had like over 40 tardies to him getting up on his own, to his alarm, brushing his teeth and hair, getting himself breakfast, getting himself totally ready, shoes on and everything. It was a miracle. And that is when I realized that I didn't need to demonize YouTube. I could use it as a tool in our home to make my life easier and to also teach my son that when you do the things that you need to do first, you can have a little reward afterwards. And sometimes we as moms, I think, hesitate to do that because we want our kids to be intrinsically motivated and we think we shouldn't have to offer a reward for everything. And yeah, there's truth to that. But I also think as human beings, we all sometimes need a little external motivation. As adults, don't we do this? We After a long day of work, after getting through something that's hard for us, we reward ourselves by watching a show or giving ourselves a little screen time on our phone. It's not harmful to teach our kids this strategy, to teach them if you do something hard, you can reward yourself afterwards with something that you really love that's relaxing. So that has worked super well for our family, and that's the only time that my kids can watch screens during the week is if they get up, they get all their stuff done and they're ready for school. One other quick thing I want to say about screen time is that for my kids' birthday, they have birthdays about a week apart in the summer. 
we got a Nintendo Switch. And I had been fighting against video games for years. I never had them growing up. As a mom, I kind of, I think I thought they were a little bit the devil, (laughs) that my kids would get totally addicted to them and that they would ruin family life. And so I held off and I held off and I held off. But then I noticed that my kids wanted to go to other people's houses so that they could play video games. And I would rather have my kids at my house with their friends, at least some of the time, And I thought, why am I holding on to this so tight? Maybe I should actually research and look into video games and Nintendo Switch and some fun, harmless, nonviolent games that they could play and not make such a big deal out of this. So as their combined birthday present from mom and dad and from Bapa, grandpa's money, we got them a Nintendo Switch. And I have to tell you, I am shocked how much I like it. My kids sit and they play together and they talk and they strategize. They build Minecraft worlds together and Noah will teach Sally about the different strategies he's used. Sometimes they ask if we can have a family Mario Kart tournament and we all four of us sit down and play Mario Kart and we laugh and we're competitive. The other day, Noah told me that he really wanted to teach me about Minecraft and Oh, as much as that is not my thing at all, I realized that it's not going to be forever that my boy wants me to play with him. And so I sat down with him and for 45 minutes, he taught me about Minecraft and I am pathetic. And he thought it was hilarious how bad I was at it. And he was building me fortresses that my character could hide in so that When the zombies came out at night, the zombies wouldn't get me. He was protecting my character. It was very bonding and connective. And I just realized that I've been afraid of this thing that in the end could build a lot of camaraderie in our home. And yeah, we definitely need to have limits around it. We actually have to hide the Nintendo Switch at nighttime. Um, (laughs) Otherwise, one of my children who is quite impulsive and I'm not going to say which one because I don't want to throw them under the bus will sneak it at night and that's been an ongoing issue for this child sneaking electronics at night and I've sort of decided that rather than punishing this child I need to just recognize that this is something that they struggle with and proactively remove the temptation And so we're actually looking into getting a router that we can set the hours to turn off the internet at night so that even if this child tries to sneak electronics, that the internet will be off. Also, I just, every night I round up the electronics and I keep them in a drawer in my room that the kids don't know about, including the remote control. And that has kept those problems at bay. I also emailed the school and asked that my child not bring their Chromebook home with them. And the school gave me a little bit of pushback on that. Actually, the school was like, well, then how will they do their homework? And I said, we have a computer here. They can log into their Google Classroom. And it's just not positive for this child to have access to a personal computer. And the school respected me on that. I just wanted to encourage you that it's possible to find a happy balance with technology in your home with kids, preteens, and we're moving into the teen years. It's not easy, and it's going to be something that is constantly shifting, and you don't have to make a decision and stick with it forever. So when I told the kids we weren't going to have screen time after school anymore, 
I didn't say forever. I said, we're going to try this for a month or so and we're going to see. And it's been over a month now and I like it. And so we're sticking with it. But maybe that will shift at some point and that's okay. So hopefully hearing about how we are managing screen time in our home right now gives you some ideas for how you can do it in your home. And hopefully that's interesting and insightful for you. Okay, the third thing that is working for the Nielsen family right now is paying for school lunches. I used to pack lunch for my kids every day, and I will admit it was one of my least favorite things. Cooking and providing food for my family is such a difficult task for me that adding packing lunches onto that and trying to figure out how to make them healthy and what they would eat and what they wouldn't eat. And then they bring home these lunch boxes and they ate two bites, but the food is like soggy and spoiled. And then I feel mad as I'm throwing away this perfectly good food. And it just, it added a lot of pressure and stress to my life, but I never really considered just having them get school lunch because my kids, one in particular, is a really picky eater. And so I was like, I don't think school lunch is going to work. Plus, it could get expensive to pay for it. What shifted that for me is that during the pandemic, school lunch was free in our school district. It was actually free for two years. And so because it was free, I was like, I'm not packing you a lunch. You have a free lunch at school. Let's see if you like it. And I noticed that neither of my kids, including the picky eater, complained about it. They found something to eat every day, and it minimized my stress tremendously. And so I decided that I am not packing lunches anymore. <laughs> we are doing school lunch, and my kids are old enough that if they decide that they hate school lunch, they can pack their own lunches. And I'll support them in that. But so far, they haven't. They haven't. Like, they're fine with school lunch. They can always find something to eat. I do recognize that we are extremely blessed that we're able to pay for school lunch. We only have two kids, which helps. But if this sounds amazing to you, but you think, I don't know that our family could afford to do that, you could look into if there are free or reduced lunch options that would work for your family. Because this has... Oh, it has taken a huge load off my shoulders more than I ever would have imagined. I think there are days when my kids don't really eat that much, especially my picky eater, but that's okay because we just make sure that they have a big breakfast before they leave for school and then we have a big after school snack and they're always just fine. So school lunches has greatly blessed my life and I just wanted to share that with you. So those are three things that are working for our family right now. That was actually a lot longer than I expected it that it would be. I enjoy talking apparently, but let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. And then when we come back, I want to give you a quick update on what's been going on in my life lately. This podcast is sponsored by KiwiCo. Okay, my friends, today's Halloween and November starts tomorrow. Does this mean that we are officially in holiday mode? Something that's on my mind is desperately wanting to have some gifts for my children that offer more than just instant gratification. If you're with me on that, KiwiCo is here to help you give awesome. With a KiwiCo subscription, you're giving so much more than a toy. They'll get a season of discovery and experiences delivered straight to their door. With each craft, engineering, or science kit, 
your child will get the experience of creating something. They'll learn how to persist when it gets hard, and then they'll have a finished product to be proud of. My daughter Sally had so much fun with the felt succulent garden doodle crate. She was able to watch the video tutorial and do the art project all by herself. I'm so impressed with how KiwiCo sets kids up for success with all the instructions and materials they will need, but still provides a way for them to make it their own unique project. With nine different subscription lines for different ages and categories, there's something for every kid. Give awesome this holiday season with KiwiCo. Get your first month of any crate line free at kiwico.com slash 3and30. That's your first month free at kiwico.com slash 3and30. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Are you feeling stuck with any decisions that need to be made or problems going on in your family or personal life? I want you to know that I cannot recommend therapy highly enough, especially for parents who are managing kids' schedules, friendships, mealtimes, and emotions along with their own. Therapy has helped me recognize my thought and behavior patterns, which helps me solve problems more quickly. It's so empowering to be able to find our own solutions instead of feeling stuck or helpless. Therapy is an incredible tool to help you build your emotional wellness, which in turn will mean that you're better equipped to teach your kids how to build theirs. BetterHelp makes it easy to get started with a counselor without overthinking it. You simply fill out a confidential questionnaire at betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30, and they'll match you with a counselor within about 48 hours. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash three and 30. Okay, so what's been going on in the life of the Nielsen family lately? I'm just going to quickly, or I'm going to try to be quick, go through three different things that have been happening kind of behind the scenes in my life. The first is that I was able to get away for a long weekend with my husband, Ryan. I have been feeling like we need this for months. We have been so busy uh, I did this self-assured motherhood program launch in September. I spent most of August preparing for that launch. I've just been working a ton, and I feel like sometimes we are ships passing in the night. We only had a window of a couple of days that would work in our schedule, so we just went to the mountains close to our home, and I asked friends to watch our kids. And I actually decided to split our kids up because they're easier to manage one-on-one than they are together because they fight. But they're pretty awesome when they're one-on-one. So Noah went and stayed for three nights with his best friend's family, and Sally went and stayed for three nights with a family from our church community. And they both had so much fun, and I'm so grateful to those families who took them on. But that was the way that we handled childcare. So we went to the mountains near our home and we did some hiking. We did tons of talking about our life in the future. There were some big topics that I felt like we've been putting off talking about because we knew that we needed a big chunk of time to dive into them and just more reflection than a typical like quick to-do list conversation at the end of the day. So we were able to dive into that and it was just so wonderful. So, so wonderful. If you have been feeling like you've been needing this in your partnership, I can't encourage it strongly enough. The second thing that I have been up to lately is that my Self-Assured Motherhood program started. It started in October. We are wrapping up our first full month. This is a nine-month program, and we spent the first month talking about voicing your values and how knowing and being able to articulate what is important to you, your unique values, 
makes everything in your life and in motherhood easier. It makes it easier to make decisions. It protects your relationships so that you're not judging the people around you who have different values from you. And I just loved spending the last month diving into this really important topic with this new group of women that I'm super honored to be working with. If you're interested in joining Self-Assured Motherhood, it won't be open again until the fall of 2023, but you can go to, I believe the URL is 3in30podcast.com slash Sam, and you can be added to the wait list to know when this program opens for enrollment again. It is incredibly powerful to spend nine months focusing on one topic at a time to build our resilience and to get to know ourselves better as mothers. And then the third thing that I've been up to lately is I have been preparing for a couple of trips that are coming up for me. The first is I'm going to be in Utah the first week of November because I am teaching at Pinner's Conference, which is November 4th and 5th. My class will be on Saturday the 5th. I believe it's at 1130. If you live in Utah and you want to come hear me teach three ways to avoid or overcome mom burnout, you can go to utahpinnersconference.com. I think it's ut.pinnersconference.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. And you can use the code 3 and 30. And there's classes the whole weekend about a wide variety of topics. Many of them are hands-on kind of crafty classes. And then there's some of these educational relationship-based classes sprinkled in. There's also a market where you could get all of your holiday shopping done. And I'm going to have a booth there selling my Flex of Gold journal. It's going to be on a great deal for Pinner's Conference. And I'm so excited because a couple of my team members will be there. My communications manager, Molly, is flying from Tulsa, Oklahoma to be with me and to help me run the booth. And it's been fun talking with her the last few weeks about all the details and how to get it all set up. And we've never done anything like this, like a trade show or craft fair or anything. I can't wait to spend the weekend with her and then also my podcast editor and director of operations, Christy, is going to be there. She lives in Utah. So she's going to be with us that weekend. So it's going to be a little team work weekend. And we hope to be able to meet as many of you as possible who might stop by our booth and say hi and buy a Flex of Gold journal for someone that you love. I'm also planning a few days after Pinner's Conference to go to South Carolina to a creative work retreat with Miranda Anderson of Live Free Creative. And I'm so, so looking forward to it because it's been a crazy summer and fall. And Miranda's workshops are so restorative. I know it's going to be a place where I can really unplug, reconnect with myself, connect with old friends that are going to be there and new friends that I'm sure I'm going to meet, experience a new part of the country I've never been to, eat really nourishing food. There's yoga at this retreat and I'm very much looking forward to it. To be perfectly honest, I have been exhausted and pretty burned out the last few months. I don't always like to talk about that here. I just don't want to make this show about me or any of the hard things that I'm going through, although I always want to be honest and I try to be honest and authentic. But it's been it's been a hard few months for me emotionally and I am just really looking forward to this break coming up. So that's a little bit about me, about the Nielsen family, about what we're up to, what's working for us. And like I said at the beginning, I wish that this could be a two-way conversation and now you could fill me in on you. But since that's not possible, 
I just want you to know how much I care about you. I truly do, even though I may have never met you. I hope that 3 and 30 is blessing your family and that it gives you a sense that you're doing enough, that you don't have to be perfect, you just have to try, and that your kids are lucky to have you as a mom. I truly, deeply believe that. As always, I am rooting for you, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.